You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my home. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that we all frolic about in our free time. Now, the Batman Book Club is also on Patreon, so if you like what's going on with the show, you want to help support the show, Keep the generators running in the Wayne Manor study. Just go to patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Now, thank you for listening to number episode number 129, Dark Detective. Joining me is a voice that you've heard on this show before. And actually, he's growing on this, or he's been added to this growing list of people I've had on since March that I get to say, this is the first time I've spoken to them since meeting them in person. It is the one and only Mr. Encyclopedia, Jay Yaws. Jay, welcome back to the Batman Book Club. Thank you once again for having me, Ryan. And yes, uh, yeah, it was great uh, meeting you in person. Uh, I felt kind of weird because I saw you at the Batman premiere and I was like, who is this guy? I know who he is. I know I'm supposed <laughs> to know who he is. But then you said Ryan Lauer. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay." <laughs> gotcha, you gotcha, you gotcha. saw me chugging Mountain Dew and I was going, hey, the Batman Book Club. Like, oh, there's that annoying guy. Got him. <laughs> You showed yeah. up and you saved the day and you brought a, an action figure to Peter Vera. I did. So, I did. Um, so. He was on cloud nine. Yes. B- Boudin sausage in his pockets, action <laughs> figure in his hands. It was a weekend. What a weekend for that guy. Yes. I'm glad to uh, help help him with his <laughs> the Batman uh, toy collecting. Sorry, action figure collecting. Action figure. Come action on, Jay. Figures. A seasoned veteran of yourself. You know better. Um. Yes, we, you and I actually, you were, uh, Jay Yaws saved Christmas last year. We did the, uh, the Christmas episode of the Batman book club last year. And we, we actually kind of laid out the next couple of books that you wanted to do. And then before we know it, it is November and, uh, and you're like, this is your triumphant return. So apologies. It's taken so long, but it won't be as long to get you back on. Oh, as we no continue problem. the list continue it's on a, the list it's a good problem for you to have and um yeah at least i've got dibs on some <laughs> yeah. prime choice grade a batman content yes including the one we're going to talk about uh but yeah I, I definitely look forward to what is going to come up in 2023 when you return so uh i don't actually want to waste any more time because i'm actually really excited to can to dive into the book of choice today so if you're ready to just rock and roll jay which i know that's what you do you rock and roll i rock and roll all night long (laughs) sweet Susie. (laughs) all right well then let's go ahead and let's dive into dark detective now the the future state one not is what we state. were discussing. Thank you. Right yes. Before. Clarification. Little, fun little anecdote <laughs> for the listeners. Right before uh, uh, Ryan sent me the the invite for the the recording and everything, mm-hmm. I had a very brief 
very fleeting, very temporary, but very real fear. Very real. That Ryan thought that the dark detective I was referring to was Batman, dark detective, future state, colon, whatever, hyphen, <laughs> backslash, whatever. <laughs> All Which, that, yeah. Which was a fine story, but was not the dark detective I wanted to discuss. Yeah. So I'm very glad that that did not come to pass. Yes. If you read Future State Dark Detective, uh, pause. Yes. And uh, track down. Or wait, don't pause yet because I'll tell you where you can find this story. And then pause. Yes. yes, yes and yes, read yes, it yes. and come back and listen to us. So <laughs> Dark Detective, this version was written in 2005 uh, or created in 2005, released uh, by written by Steve Englehart with art from Marshall Rogers and Terry Austin. Uh, It was released a six-issue series. It was also collected and released in a trade paperback. Um, It has been... It's actually not available on DC Universe Infinite. I know, which was kind of surprising. Crazy. Or Hoopla. It's not available on Comixology. So digitally, it's kind of like, huh. However... This story was collected in the Tales of the Batman Steve Englehart uh, book, as well as the Legends of the Dark Knight Marshall Rogers collection, which both are both which in, are available digitally. Yes, both are available digitally. Both, um, I don't know that they're Steve Englehart's might still be available available in physical copy. Marshall Rogers, if you want to spend a pretty I penny, highly doubt. Yes, <laughs> uh, and then both of those collections are on my favorite app of all time, Hoopla. So, Jay Yaws, I'd like to ask you, which version do you read for this episode? I read the Rogers collection on Comixology. Gotcha. Okay. I think that's the one I read. Okay. Pretty sure. But for reference, I have the physical trade paperback. Yes. Um, Well, it's actually kind of funny because almost uh, samesies for me, except I have the like physical version there's this this for you justin kowalski oh yeah those are the pages hear them floppies (laughs) hear them floppies yes i I have the marshall rogers hardcover i have the steve Englehart, but that's tucked away marshall rogers one is what i have out um but like jay also i do have the trade paperback but it's just it's tucked away this marshall i i pulled out all of my uh i got a new bookshelf a bat shelf this year and i pulled out a lot of my legends of the dark knight and tales of the batman collections and put them mm-hmm. out for display because it looks so pretty just, and the just marshall rogers one was yeah just to look so at all, just so all the guests can see them <laughs> yeah i mean it actually is kind of true uh mira's <laughs> nephews when they do come over they run right over to the bat shelf and look at what i have on there and see if i have anything new so i'm kind of like <laughs> good <you know>. kids <laughs> yes good kids uh how about do you remember the first time that you read this story uh i remember reading it at one point i don't remember exactly when it was uh backtrack a little bit yeah uh mm-hmm. while i was you know reading this the other day you know catching up and refreshing and everything and uh uh doing a little bit of research yeah this was published bi-monthly i think it was uh uh from like <clears throat> something like june to august or august november or something so uh two issues came out each month uh for uh, the oh, duration okay. of the six issues, which I wow. thought was kind of cool. I yeah, I didn't, cool. I didn't know that they were way ahead of the rebirth era. Oh yeah, <laughs> of way the twice, <laughs> twice monthly. You know, good for well, them. Uh, I mean, apparently with uh, Strange Apparitions, which I mean we'll get into it, but this is pretty much a sequel to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Englehart had apparently written every issue of that run before anyone penciled it. Yeah. So um, 
so he likes to work ahead, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so that, yeah, definitely comes into play here. Worked for him. Worked out pretty well for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he only like, you know, put one of the most definitive stamps on the dark night. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, whatever. Um, But um, my first time reading it, it had to have been like six or seven years ago. I don't remember if I read it before or after strange apparitions. I want to say after Mm -hmm. because that would only make sense, make the story make sense, really. Um, but I also don't know if I would have known about the story mm-hmm. without having read Strange Apparitions first. So uh, I remember reading it. And honestly, until I reread it the other day, very few things stuck with me from my initial Ooh, reading. Excellent. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Um, for a little bit here, I was not necessarily dreading covering this, but I was more thinking of it as like an obligation. Like, okay, okay, I've done strange apparitions. I want to end with another story that we won't spoil yet. We'll we'll Uh let you guys find that out later. Uh Uh, It's not the widening Geyer because A, that's already been covered. Yeah. And B, I've never read it. So I'm not (laughs) going to cover that one. Okay. Um, uh, But um, uh, so it was like, I I know know the, the first one and the last one, kind of got to cover dark detective in the middle so it was okay. almost like an obligation um uh that's interesting i want to i want to dive into that here in just a little bit sure 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 yeah uh, that's but, uh, that's but interesting. i mean hmm. since my since my initial read uh i remember that the joker's in it because there's yeah. some very very memorable joker stuff okay. uh i remember about you know bruce and silver saint cloud and i remember the house at the end and yeah. everything and some of the things that go on there there was a lot of like pulling out the trade paperback and seeing Scarecrow and Two-Face on the cover, I had no recollection they were even in this story, which okay. is crazy because they're both kind of big parts of the story. But Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say, so yes, Jay just mentioned that this, this story is, I mean, it is flat out. It's a sequel to Strange Apparitions. Same team of Englehart, Rogers, and Austin. Uh, and Jay actually, who was on before, and it was episode 54, uh, in May of 2021, uh, Jay and I talked Strange Apparitions. So if you didn't listen to that one, I, I would recommend going back and because we definitely dove, I mean, we dove, we dove into Strange Apparitions because yes, yes. it we, is, we covered Strange Apparitions. Because it is one that I think that we mutually really hail as a great uh, collection of issues. It's actually a top 10 um, story of mine. Uh, but yeah, so I say all that also because when, I didn't go back and listen to what I said, but I do remember the comic shops that I did buy the Strange Apparitions uh, trade at actually not long after I bought that because I remember buying it and I was with my uncle and he said, you know, Strange Apparitions like, oh, you have to get this. You got to read it. This is great stuff. Good uncle. I was just, yeah, (laughs) I was just getting like money and comic shops. And this was probably, I mean, this had to be 2006, 2007. And so I did buy it and I read it fast and I loved it. And then it's like, when he was visiting again so i mean it had it probably maybe like 2007 um when we went through and he said like this dark detective he's like that's the sequel to strange apparitions so i was like oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> i gotta buy it yes so it would have been the, like the 2007 ish era that i ended up buying dark detective in trade and then read it immediately after i bought it so uh you kind of answered this but i mean i you know i gotta always ask like why dark dark detective I mean, because it's a sequel to Strange Apparitions, and it uh, 
bridges uh, that in another story. Um, Done. But I mean, <clears throat> you know, we'll go into it more uh, after reading it. It's a, it's even though I forgot a lot of what goes on in the story, mm-hmm. uh, it's a worthwhile Batman story. It's a, okay. It's, it's entertaining. It's all right. It's, it's a good one. Awesome. Awesome way to transition into this. So rewind about two and a half minutes ago where Jay said almost felt like this was an obligation. So was this then this was only like your second time reading it then or it's just you haven't read it much. So it was just very foggy. No, it was it was my second time reading it. Okay, Um, so an obligation because you didn't remember or do you remember that you didn't enjoy it that much? Because I didn't remember a lot of it. Okay. Um, and a lot of that may have been, you know, from the high of strange apparitions and then reading this and just being like, oh, okay. I mean, that, that, that's all right. Uh, and I mean, even thinking, um, a little bit like more broad than that was, this was a, you know, planned second part of a trilogy that Englehart and Rogers planned, yeah. but Rogers sadly passed away, you know, a couple of years after this was, um, he completed uh, issue one. So actually, I didn't, I didn't even realize they got that far. Wow. 100 things Batman fans should know and do before they die. Uh, Joseph McCabe. I highly recommend that you track this book down and read it because he has tons of interviews with the greats. I mean, he um, Tim Sale, RIP. I think I saw in here uh, Neil Adams and I mean, Kevin Conroy, every aspect, Denny O'Neill. And then one of these in an interview with Frank Miller, but definitely uh, interview with Steve Englehart is a chapter in this, as well as the Strange Apparitions run. And actually, yeah, and that's something that was mentioned in here that Englehart says of uh, they had a part three. He completed all the scripts, and uh, Rogers had finished, and it was going to be Rogers and Austin again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Rogers he illustrated or he finished issue one, and then died unexpectedly wow. of a heart attack. So it that's I mean I do understand. Like nope, close the book done i'm just intrigued of like the scripts i would really like to read the scripts and just see what yeah or i mean even even these days you know with sadly so many creators passing doing you know tribute issues to it it's Mm -hmm. you know get get some greats and have um uh, you know someone get like a you know a doc shaner or a jorge jimenez or um like a Jorge Molina just to, uh, you know, alternate on issues and, um, you know, release the complete, if, if it was complete, the pencils were complete enough to release mm-hmm. the issue, release the first issue and then get some, uh, get some all-star talent, uh, penciling the rest of the five, um, the remaining five issues. And then, uh, you know, just release that, you know, that would, I mean, that would, I mean, it's not about making money, but you, you know what I mean. That would make yeah. that would make money. We we would buy that. Absolutely. Um, a to complete the story they want to tell, and as a tribute to this, uh, you know, sadly lost, but you know, not forgotten and still revered talent. Yep, absolutely. And I do respect the decision of like. I mean, he doesn't go into any details in that interview either. He just said, you know, he completed scripts for Dark Detective Two. Uh, and Marshall, he says, and Marshall completed the first issue and then passed away of a yeah. heart attack. And that was it. It didn't comment anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, bottom line, I'd be interested in where it would go. But also, uh, we'll get into like where the story kind of goes anyway. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's definitely a lot here that was here to lead into a third story. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
So how did, after this, I mean, let's come right out the gate with it. How did you end up feeling after revisiting? Uh, I mean, it's still not, you know, the highs of like a strange apparitions for me, but I mean, it was, it was a lot I mean, it was a very quick read. Mm -hmm. Uh, it does start off a little slow. Um, but once I got into it, I mean, I, I burned through it in like an hour and, uh, um, there was a lot more depth to it than, um, uh, than I remembered. Uh, and, uh, honestly, it's a lot funnier than I remembered too. I found myself, uh, um, chuckling, if not outright laughing at a few, at a few moments throughout. So, um, I wasn't necessarily dreading it, you know, like obligation may not have sure. been, uh, the right word. Um, it wasn't like if you, or I had proposed, uh, like I have somewhat quote unquote jokingly said that uh batman odyssey needs to be covered Ooh. just because it needs to be covered because it's <laughs> you could have yeah. a lot of fun with the with the oh book that would that would be a that regarded. would be a blast <laughs> but it's not like i you know hated it like that or even sure. like an all-star batman and robin that's like you know, this is not, good. Oh man, that would um, be an awesome conversation. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, it was all, almost like one of those things. It's like, okay. I mean, it's not, it's a, from what I was remembering before I reread it, it was like, okay, it's going to be a fine story, but I don't know if it's just going to be kind of a, you know, almost like a placeholder just to get us to the next one. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure how our conversation was going to go, uh, because again, I haven't revisited it since I originally read it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in rereading it, it's still a worthwhile story. Um, I don't think uh, that anyone is necessarily going to read it and think it's better than Strange Apparitions. Um, there are parts of it that I still don't necessarily like the choices that were made, uh, but it's still a good, enjoyable story um, that, um, you know, it, it's great seeing that, that you know, all-star you know, top 10 all-time team reuniting sadly yeah. one last time to come together for a Batman story. Yeah, I think with you, so this one's usually pretty fresh. I just sometimes I don't remember specifics. Mm -hmm. So as you said, I never forget Joker's in this, never forget Scarecrow's in this, never forget the two faces in this. I never forget that Silver returns and that she two times uh, <laughs> the um, Mr. Gregory. Yes. Um, but then sometimes I'm like, but wait, what is like, what's Scarecrow's motivation? What's Two-Face's motivation? I kind of forget. Joker's is plain and clear because it's the cover <laughs> to issue one. It's yes. the, I mean, you could say maybe, I mean, I don't know that you'd say iconic, the legendary. I mean, you know the cover. Vote for me or I'll kill you. Yes. Joker. You've seen that image. I know Which, you have if you're listening it, to this is an amazing cover I mean, it really is that's really if if you want to catch everyone's attention and uh -huh. get them to read your book yeah put put the joker huge threatening face on, <laughs> on a cover pointing at you like almost mocking uncle sam and saying yeah Vote for me or i'll kill you and i mean the what he that's what he's running on and, and there's points in which i appreciate Engelhart's um the sense of humor because he did he in the original strange apparitions run i guess retroactively it was called strange apparitions run right. but yeah it was the laughing fish which you're all also familiar with at least because of batman the animated series but that is one of the greatest i mean it's a two-part story of that and sign of the joker of one of the greatest joker stories i think ever told just i, I really think that, that that it is 
Um, I don't but, think anyone would argue with you. And okay, if they do, then, oh. then they haven't read either one of them. <laughs> then so they then haven't read them. Read it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think Engelhart is a great uh, voice for Joker. He has like kind of his own taste and take with the Joker. And I think the point of what Joker uses with this is like, look at this. I'm running on vote for me or I'll kill you. And it's working. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that that is actually hilarious. And by me thinking that's hilarious, it's like, well, then that's a joke. And the Joker loves jokes that are ironic. And look at that. like that, And that ends up becoming, that's the through line of this whole thing. Now, I think that vibe wise, this does fit a little bit of the vibe of, of the Strange Apparitions run. I almost feel like a little bit of the, you could almost say it's a, it's a slight little layer of cheese in Strange Apparitions doesn't translate as well in 2005 as it mm. did mid seventies. Uh, right. So, you know, it, some of it does maybe feel like a little hokey here and there for me, but I'm, it's like also easily digestible. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's all- okay. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I accidentally hit mute. Whoops. Uh, oh, no. I mean, it's almost one of those things. that's like, you know, if I had read this in 2005, I might have rolled my eyes at some of the cornier, sure, uh, like Bronze Age aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we're not. I mean, there, it's still not the same amount of time. But you know, we're about two decades removed from this, yeah. and that was you know three decades removed from Strange mm-hmm. Apparitions, which is insane crazy to think about but even then you know 17 years later you know a story like this that has some of those kind of throwback vibes Mm -hmm. almost has like that nostalgic feel to it anyway Mm -hmm. so uh you know like you said it goes down you know a lot easier and a lot smoother um just because uh with modern sensibilities sometimes you just look at it and you're like you know kind of wish when they wrote comic books like this mm-hmm. uh so it might not have worked as well in 2005 but for me it definitely works in 2022 yeah we're in such a place now that we have and as um, batman is he is I, the word that it's kind of like he's been connected to the word malleable now but he is perhaps the most oh, malleable yeah. of every kind of tone you can have with batman of the extreme mature, like I, I just think Azarello Bermejo is like pretty extreme mature. And then you have the fluff white Scooby Doo Batman mysteries. Batman Scooby Doo mysteries. Batman that you and need mysteries to read Pete Vera. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, he's waiting for Scrappy, and I'm not waiting for Scrappy, but I'm just uh, waiting for him to read it because one it of these rules. days <laughs> it, it is. Uh, but and so the taste of reading this now too is that like oh it's it's semi-serious fun yeah uh, but then as light-hearted but then it's like spoiler alert but then evan gregory's uh arm and leg get chopped off at the end and it's kind of like yeah. that's that almost like whoa yeah. I, that almost feels a little it goes um, some places hmm. <laughs> Like that, that almost feels like it doesn't fit with the overall vibe of, of the book. Yeah, that, that, that is one of the things in the story that I don't like very much, just because that part uh, felt just mean. Uh, I'm already pretty squeamish, like, you know, in movies or whatever, when people. Not like, as much lose. as Garrett, I bet. 
Yeah, well, I mean, when, well, I mean, when people lose, who is like a, like a like a finger, or an arm, or a hand, yeah. or a leg, or so, I don't know. I just, I, I just find that incredibly mean spirited, um, and it's, it just ugh, gives me the willies anytime that happens, just because it's like, man, that's like one of those things that there's really no coming back from. So um, yeah. So, so seeing something like that in the story, you know, made me think, (laughs) golly, even though, you know, Batman says, you know, hopefully in time to reattach them and, you know, he has a long road ahead of him with uh, therapy and everything, you know, hopeful that he could recover. It's still just like, (laughs) come on, that's, that's a bit much because um, uh, I I don't think we've even talked about who Evan Gregory is. He's uh, a, he's running for governor and, you know, obviously, since the Joker is now running for governor, he does not want Evan Gregory to run for governor anymore. Uh, so he does what he can to try to scare him out of it and everything. Um, and Evan and Silver St. Cloud from Strange Apparitions are an item. Mm-hmm. And um, so Silver comes back into Bruce's life and uh, she seems very happy with uh, with Evan and everything. But it's almost... Yeah, it almost <laughs> seems like Evan is uh, like a means to an end in the story because the f- the fact that at one point and we're jumping all over the place here. Yeah, why not? But um, uh, the fact that Bruce and Silver uh, hook up again, you know, behind his back, and she two times him. That that was not that was one of the things that I remembered that made me not like the two of them in this story very much. Um, that didn't re- like Silver and Bruce or Silver and Evan. Silver and Bruce. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just because, uh, I mean, you know, infidelity and everything, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, any decent person should not be a fan of that and everything. And uh, I mean, the circumstances leading to it on the reread, the context made it a little bit better. Well, not better. A little, a little less frustrating, I guess, as a reader. Um, and um uh, but I mean, I just felt bad for Evan like the entire time because yeah. he doesn't have a lot of personality beyond, you know, he's this guy that, you know, is running for governor, um, supports Batman and, you know, is not like against him at all, um, wants to clean up the streets. Bruce likes him and wants to, you know, donate to his campaign and everything. Um, and then, you know, he gets cheated on, he gets he gets dumped and then, you know, he gets you know, lacerated at the end. So, um, but, and, um, he's actually part of my favorite panel in the story, which, you know, won't spoil now. So we'll get to, um, but, uh, ironically enough, it's when his limbs get chopped off. That's weird. (laughs) But no, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I wish that there was more to him in the story so that there was, there was more weight to it, especially because one of the things I like about silver Mm -hmm. is that she chose to leave Bruce. She figured out who he was. She came to the decision that it was best for her and him that they not see each other anymore. Um, so in strange apparitions, she like had this agency to her the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like she doesn't hear. Um, but I mean, in a, in a sense, neither she nor Bruce did because what drives them back together is being influenced by Scarecrow's fear gas. So, um, it's, it's just, it, it's just something that, um, like I said, the, the fact that it happened in the story at all, I didn't like how it got there makes some sense in the story but it's still it's i'm still not crazy about it 
Um, and I don't think Inglehart was trying to be mean spirited uh, toward um, uh, toward Evan uh, Gregory, but it's still he's kind of uh, um, I mean he's definitely the third wheel and kind of a punching bag the entire time. So I wish there was more to the character to uh, uh, okay. aside from all that. You haven't read The Widening Gyre, you said. I have not. Did you listen to the episode? I did. Okay. Uh, yes, just covered it um, back in August with uh, Ryan Powers. I, li- I listened to all the episodes. Oh, God bless you, J.R.S. Because I listened to the Batman Book Club. <laughs> you don't want to lose your membership. I, I don't. Well, I mean, I don't just listen to it's like a, like with Holy Batcast. I listen uh-huh. to every episode of that because I listen to that show. I don't just listen to the you know, like to specific episodes. I listen to every episode because bless, I bless your heart. I am a devoted listener. You are. Ah, bless you. Um, so yes, the whining gyre, uh, Kevin Smith decided to continue a little bit onto this whole storyline. And man, you think Evan Gregory, well, you said that this is something you don't come back from how right you are. Yes. <laughs> right at the beginning, you learned, Hey, silver's here. Hey, Evan died. So Bruce, we can be together. Like yeah. that's really how it comes across. Which is like, holy hell! Like, oh man, this poor tragic character of Evan Gregory. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, you hit on a you hit on a lot of points, and I do. I don't think that there that it was mean spirited intentionally. However, this and Englehart even mentions. I mean, in that hundred Batman fans interview, that I mean. Strange apparitions. I honestly, I can't remember. I I should have gone back and listened to our discussion, but I think we brought it up of how he, you know, he wrote a draft for Batman 89. Mm -hmm. And at the last second, you know, it's like, instead of, you know, boss Thorne, it became boss Grissom instead of silver, it became Vicky. And he really feels like that was, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was his, you know, his point. And he was a little, you know, seemed a little bitter about it, but maybe rightfully so. I don't know. I'm not here to uh, point fingers. Well, he also made a comment in this too that he feels like for this dark detective, um, I don't know if he was implying, you know, dark detective two as well to be involved or to be elements of those stories to also be taken for the Nolan trilogy. I, of course, I could get defensive right away because I'm like, don't you, don't you dare <laughs> on that Nolan trilogy. But you look at Evan Gregory and that love triangle and tell me that doesn't seem very hard, like Aaron Eckhart, Harvey Dent in the dark Knight. one, the looks, I mean, he's like, a, he's a blonde haired, uh, yeah. Blonde haired guys. And then also to be with Bruce's like love lost love. Like there is something that's there and it's a politically, he's the, you know, Bruce supports Evan. Bruce supported Harvey Dent. He's like, this is the person that can with Gotham. Of course, it's like different things. But I can see the connection. I can see some similarities. I can see it when it's pointed out. Yeah. At no point while I was reading this, did I think, man, this is a lot like the Dark Knight. Other than, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you know, the, the, the normal thoughts of, man, the Dark Knight is such a great movie that we all get, you know, throughout the day, every single day. It might just be the best movie ever made. But anyways, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I can see that, you know, when you point it out and everything, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's circumstantial, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. I mean, a love triangle between characters, Harvey Dent already a political character and that he's the DA, um, you know, I mean, the broad strokes, you know, they fit, but um, 
no, no, I don't, I don't think so. Now, if they had introduced two completely brand new characters that, um, you know, match the physical descriptions of the, the, of Evan Gregory and Silver St. Cloud, and then gave them different names and everything, but then hit beat for beat this story. Okay. Then I might think it's a little fishy, but I, I doubt, I doubt Christopher Nolan intentionally swiped anything from this. Yeah. Uh, now, because I had this book in my hand and I was, it got me to read Strange Apparitions again. I'm like, it's right nice. here. It's in the same book. So Good I went book. ahead and, and reread it. Yeah. <laughs> I reread that part and, and it does. So Dark Detective does connect very well to Strange Apparitions. I don't really think it misses much of a beat. The mm-hmm. art, hey, anybody's art is going to change and adapt after yeah. 30 years. So it's, it definitely has a lot of like, it does seem, very similar it also does seem a little different and it's like and comics in that, the 70s and double o's yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of that might have just been you know modern coloring techniques exactly um you know things like that you know different inking styles different um you know paper quality even you know that that's definitely gonna end i mean like you said it's you know 30 years between the two but you can still see I, i'm just flipping through right now um like there, there there's a scene where uh, you know, the Joker uh, jumps down an elevator shaft and, you know, Batman jumps after him and, you know, lands right on the elevator car that's like five feet down. Uh, I mean, that looks like Engelhart's work from the 70s, just, you know, with a modern coloring update almost. So it's not at all out of place, no. And even even with the characters, I mean, one, one thing that I do, you know, enjoy about the the writing and the narrative of it is like you know to your point it it 100 feels like it's supposed to carry on from strange apparitions um and um the character relationships don't just immediately go into a will they won't they with bruce and silver um she you know firmly bruce doesn't necessarily seek it and she doesn't either so there is kind of that mutual understanding and awkwardness of okay we didn't think we'd ever be in each other's lives again, but here we are, but we're also adults. You're with this guy. I like this guy and want to help his campaign. So let's be adults about this. So and it, it does become kind of, and yeah, so I can, I can jump along with that. Listen to us. We're talking like soap opera, oh but, <laughs> but I mean, I, it does fit because it's not forced. And it is like you said too, if it's not, will they, won't they? Because I mean, that first issue ends, you don't think that it, you know, there's almost like, lit i mean very minor like clashing of the two and like we don't and then it is in the moment of weakness of so bruce and it this is great because i never never remember this um of how scarecrow gets his fear toxin on yeah on bruce and even if you go back and look so i mean it happens in the opening incident and when you let's see so i don't know what page it would be in issue one let's see one Three. <laughs> on page four after batman jumps off the the roof and there's a cop that's like leaning over you do get an outline of the scarecrow like scarecrow shadow on that police officer's back totally missed it on this read through yet again and then it's later on i think when batman when bruce like says oh that first police officer you know he he put it on my cape so then i went back and looked and i'm like oh 
gosh, look at that. Oh, man, I totally missed that too. Mind-blowing, right? It there it is. I don't know if I ever discovered it. It's like I just kept reading. I never went back. And this time I did, I went back and looked. And I'm like, well, look at that. Because I was trying to figure out, wait, which police officer? Which cop? And I mean, there's, I mean, you see there's a scarecrow. So, uh, but back to um, Silver and Bruce. So it's during a moment of weakness when their guards are like completely down that Bruce is having this fear attack in the Batcave. And then Silver has like the same thing. And then both of them scared out of their minds, you know, basically that's when they both end up reuniting yeah, um, and falling in love. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it all fits just like, kind of like you said. And I think that that, that does totally work for the story and in bringing them back together. Cause I don't think I agree with you and it doesn't make me root for them, but I'm not like, out to root against either it's almost just feeling pity for evan gregory (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i mean that's all it ends up being exactly yeah i mean it doesn't you know destroy the book for me or anything uh like that like uh, that's the you know card that you remove that makes the entire house of cards fall or anything um and like i said on a reread it at least made more sense because like i said i completely forgot that scarecrow was in this mm-hmm. uh i don't know how or why uh but um so forgetting he was even in it of course i forget that he his influence is what kind of drove them back together uh to begin with uh but i mean it does within the context of the story does at least make a little more it feels more organic yeah. than just, oh, you know, we're seeing each other again, that, you know, the flame of romance is lit once more. So, you know, mm-hmm. forget, forget your boyfriend, you know, let's so, go make out instead. So I do like the making out on the bat cave floor, <laughs> all that guano, oh, but yeah. um, scarecrows, <laughs> I do. So uh, uh, part of how this does feel like a good, you know, contemporary follow-up to Strange Apparitions is the inclusion of Scarecrow and Two-Face. Uh, you take the Strange Apparitions. Okay, so Hugo Strange is like the first two issues of that collection, right? And then he does kind of linger um, throughout. Penguin pops up in one he issue. He is the two- Strange Apparition. He is the Strange, yes. But I'm trying. Um, <laughs> Penguin, I guess, technically is in like two issues front and center in one issue dead shots just in one issue um like but it it fits too and it does you know it does impact parts of the whole story yeah so scarecrow here he does impact so what's what's the big motivation of like what's is he gonna release and kill you know gothamites everywhere it's kind of like no it's a little typical scarecrow wants to scare batman and yeah. take down Batman. And it's like, sometimes that's okay. That's that. It's just that simple. And that's what his inclusion basically feels like here. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do actually really appreciate that. He's just a fine supporting actor with a really like his impact does impact, you know, Bruce and silver. And then it's a cool scene of taking him down later on in a great well, setting of a barn on a cornfield at night, like, and he's throwing freaking pumpkins. Yeah. And what, yes. what I, what I love is um, that you're using multiple Batman villains. Mm-hmm. They aren't in cahoots and working together. Yeah. And yet Batman's still running across them just because, you know, that's, what's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen in Gotham is he's gonna, you know, even though the Joker is uh, kind of the, 
focal point of the overarching story, um, uh, you've got a bit of an arc going on with Two-Face. Uh, and then you've got Scarecrow just, you know, like you said, just, you know, showing up to, to mess with Batman for his own uh, for his own uh, means and motives and everything, uh, which is just one of those things um, kind of like when, um, you, you know, Bruce interacts like just with uh, uh, normal people in the in the daytime as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. when there's a good supporting cast of non villainous or non superhero characters that he can interact with. That just makes the world feel so much bigger. Um, it's kind of the same thing here when it's not just, okay, this is the Scarecrow issue. This is the Two-Face issue. This is the Dr. Double X issue mm-hmm. who does appear in this story. Yes. Um, and then this is the Joker issue to kind of bookend everything. The fact that it's all going on, even though this is a much more serialized story than Strange Apparitions was, mm-hmm. which was very episodic with kind of an overarching serial uh or not serial but an overarching plot that I say serial together a serial and now you're talking my language yeah. serial <laughs> um but i mean it, it had an overarching story that everything kind of tied together to fulfill uh but you could still read pretty much every issue on its own this mm-hmm. one you've got to you know read one through six you know in order to get the full context of everything but there are enough things going on in each issue uh, to make them worthwhile as kind of a standalone issue on their own, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I really appreciate, you know, I mean, with yeah. Scarecrow there, you know, he shows up, shows up again, and then, you know, he's taken care of and um, a bunch of other stuff happens in between. Yep. And so you did mention Two-Face has uh, it, almost a similar kind of inclusion but also a little bit more and it's also a little more bananas. Yes. It was which, so weird <laughs> because I mean, the, the story opens up. It's a really interesting, their cover choice. I think it's uh, the cover to ish. Let me see before I, so yeah. the cover of the trade is, I think cover. the cover to issue five. In fact, no, it's, it's not a cover oh, of any of the issues. It's actually, I think a composite image. It's a new one. Yeah. Because that uh, issue, that's right. That that issue, uh, not issue, that uh, shot of Batman jumping down is from like one of the panels and like issue, um, like one of the la- uh, latter issues, like issue five or six, um, and then Scarecrow and Two Face. I, I didn't pick out where those were from, but um, yeah, it's not a cover that's specific to any of the issues. It was, that's right. Okay. Okay, yeah, there it is. It's, uh, I mean, in the trade, uh, it's page 105 is where they got that image of Batman and he's just jumping down from um, uh, like a fire escape on the side of a building uh, while he's going around town trying to rough thugs up to find out where Joker lives. Gotcha. Uh, huh. Because yeah, Interesting. That, that, that's what surprised me too because when I came across that page, I was like, wait a minute and then <laughs> it's just interesting like, oh. that that's that's what they go with for the cover of the trade collection when it's like oh but two-face and scarecrow are subplots yeah you know it's so, like it, you'd, you'd think they would have used like at, at, like an uh, like an altered cover to issue one mm-hmm. with the striking image of the joker you know saying vote for me and or i'll kill you 
and then you know maybe put batman on there so you'd think they would have done something like can, that can you check at the front of your trade since i don't have mine on me mm-hmm. uh the the year because i wonder if maybe if it's 2007 if it was after rogers had passed to where he nope. couldn't do a new cover nope unless 2006, 2006. okay 2006. then huh i don't know interesting so yeah okay so anyways basically bringing that point up but hey uh learned me something there um i didn't have to use my googling thumbs (laughs) you didn't you haven't had to google once yet hopefully (laughs) but uh it's yeah so the book opens so you know the story the first page of the story is two-faced flipping his coin you know it's two-faced you don't see his face but you see his hand and it's a coin flipping hello he's got a gimmick (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not very subtle. And in the end, and then it's like he shows up and tells Joker not to run for mayor because I still have like honor that's, and respect. That's for, my thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the position. And that's it. And that's kind of like, huh. And then you already said Dr. Double Death or whatever his name is. Double X. Double X made what we've come to find out two clones of harvey an all good person and an all bad person and then that's kind of it with it yeah i, I mean that's that's <laughs> it's clearly kind of bananas. one of those things yeah that's clearly one of those things that they set up for dark detective too right because yeah once i got across the uh uh you know the this this good clone of harvey is killed like almost immediately yeah and then he winds up in harvey winds up you know in the hospital um and i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good scene with them in the hospital where mm-hmm. uh you know batman messes with his coin and he's like okay well here you go now you have to do the right thing and it was um that was that was just so cool i like um, that for sure and then how in classic batman fashion we know that there's somebody out on the ledge. We don't know that Batman knows. And then Batman just, yeah. bam, breaks the window, grabs the guy and pulls him in. And it's, it's a like guy awesome. who's like all the scarred side of yeah. Two-Face, even wearing goggles, I assume, because <laughs> he can't blink because he doesn't have eyelids. That, that, that was deep. That was, I didn't even think about that. That, that. that was what I was, the only reason I was thinking uh, that they made that choice was like, well, if he does, if his... Two, if Two Face's eyelids were burned off, and this guy is made from the burned oh. up half of Two Face, he probably doesn't have eyelids there. Um, okay. But yeah, and then you know, after that, it's just you know they just kind of peace out, and you know, never, never reference. And that's again. it for this story. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in no way do I not want that inclusion in here. It just to me makes it a little like I, I just keep saying bananas because it it's it's just kind of wild to me yeah it <laughs> it's just interesting that's what you decided to do here but okay like because i mean he does he interacts with joker and he interacts with batman so it's like it's another it is a case of including another character that does m- make some corn to, some kind of dent no pun intended on the <laughs> the overall story so cool okay Intend your um, puns, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pun intended. I actually thought of me like three seconds before I said it. But um, and then we got the big the big Dukeroo in Joker, who is classic, I mean classic Marshall Rogers Joker here. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, I love some of the lines uh that that uh 
Englehart writes for him because there, there are a couple of points where I didn't necessarily groan, but it was like, okay, that's kind of a dated reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was something about oh, American um, Idol. Yes. American Idol. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then the, um, uh, you know, getting, you know, caught up in election tallies, you know, we're not Florida. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, uh, but I mean, th- he has a couple of lines there. Like, uh, I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but Joker said something like, if I wasn't so crazy, I'd be insane or something like that. And it, and I mean, it was just like, that's just, that's just a good, you know, mm-hmm. funny line that he has. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he looks a little bit beefier than uh, Rogers drew him uh, in strange apparitions. His face is wider and kind of more rectangular um but uh uh but definitely has that uh that ca- that kind of same look with the huge mouth uh there's even uh, uh it's on page um let me see here 68 of the trade uh where he actually walks into uh, um like a guy's or kicks kicks in a guy's door. That's very reminiscent of his introduction in uh, Strange Apparitions. Even yes. taking the hat off mm-hmm. and everything. It's a it's a nice callback there. Um, but yes, the uh, ending takes place in Joker's house, which is where I think you were going. So yeah. So actually, I was I kept looking for. So I did because I'm I'm totally with you in that there are Strange Apparitions um, Joker. In this i'm trying to find the one page but the the fun note so the whole you have a deadline or somebody will die mm-hmm. that's that's laughing fish mm-hmm. which is great uh and it says mr haney i'm trying to see if they did say bob haney in which that's a fun little yeah there were, they did say bob haney because there were there were a couple of those and i think there was an infantino uh or maybe there's a carmine um there's I, a giordano yeah okay okay i think there was a carmine and then there's a giordano and um bruce sees julia schwartz at yes. the at the event at yes. the very beginning so there were some nice uh creator nods there. yeah those are those are fun uh but i think oh man I, I need to find this i think it's when he's so when joker has silver in the house and he does go on a really long you know, uh, like kind of like a monologue, and he does use part of the. I'm sorry, I'm taking up so much time. He does use oh. part of the, there we go, part of like the the dialogue bubbles. Oh yeah, 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 and leans against it. Yeah, I just came across that. Yeah, yes, like a fun so, little. That, again, that's one of those kind of Bronze Age details that I loved. That you know, it's like it's not taking itself too seriously. It's, it's technically breaking the fourth wall but it's not being like obnoxious about it yeah it's just having fun with the medium mm-hmm. um there 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 was a couple of other points throughout like that well that uh, made me think because it was in in strange apparitions and i think it was at the at the end of the maybe the end of the laughing fit no in one of them it de- i think it does oh there we go yep it's in the sign of the joker issue as he's talking and like haha and it says and he's even got his like arm through. I'm just going to show you, Jay, if you remember that one. So he's got yes. his arm through the page and to then turn it and peel, peek in underneath it. So that's just what it made me think of right away. And that to me is like, it, there's just something that's like a fun, charming bit about that. I love it. 
Yeah, that uh, that Joker panel I was talking about, where he mm-hmm. keeps the guy's door in. It has like an arrow leading you to Guiding the next you. panel you're supposed to read. Uh, it's not in the trade, which is upsetting. But <sighs> in the um, uh, the uh, I don't remember which one I said I read. I think I said it was the Rogers one that I read because um, Dark Detective is the last story in there. I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe is the Engelhart. I don't know. It no, it's the last one in the Rogers. For sure. Yeah. Well, I but um uh the Engel it also has a bunch of uh, covers, so it may have been the Engelhart one. Okay. Um. Either way, um at the end of like the first issue, um you know it has this you know reveal of Two Face, and then it says it has like a you know preview blurb that's like next issue mm-hmm. this guy, and it has a finger pointing up to Two Face, like coming out of the the caption box mm-hmm. which i know in the marshall rogers collection uh one of the first stories in there has um uh i think it's a story with like the calculator and it has a couple of page transitions like that that's like what's going on here find out soon but turn the page and it has like an arrow leading you to yeah. the next page or a finger pointing to the next page so it's like one of those you know, kind of silly, kind of corny, um, very, very much of the like uh, 70s, um, especially like action comics and Superman around that time would have a lot of stuff like that too. Uh, but just um, almost like the uh, writer and sometimes even the editor was was having fun with you, like, you know, talking to you while you're reading the story. So it's like, you know, what's going on here? We'll find out later. But first, mm-hmm. let's get back to this story, you yeah. know, whatever. So uh, there's definitely um, some of those vibes going on in here, which again, sadly, isn't in the actual trade because that that's kind of what made it a lot more fun to read. Does was, the trade you know, in- include the cover? of each to break up in the story no it, it i mean it has the covers at the very end uh, okay. it's a cover gallery that's something that does kind of bug me i do like and i mean it, i think in all of these like legends of the dark knight it even with the strange apparitions it doesn't throw the covers in yeah. to split them up and those are even and i get it sometimes if it is a case of like oh but the cover artist isn't the same as the interior artist but when it's the same i'm like yeah. oh i'd really like it if you put those in to help separate but something exactly. i noticed because like I said, I, I I haven't looked at my the trade that you have in your hands now. I haven't looked at that in, in a few years, but um, to notice between the two. But something I did notice is the, the story is called Dark Detective, but basically the beginning of each issue, like on the pages, it says The Dark Detective. Always. Yeah. So I know, you know, like um, this was before Justin Timberlake said, uh, drop the the, you yeah. know, but it's cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like just kind of interesting to me, but oh, so something I want to, I definitely want to talk about is a throwback to the art. Now, in that book, you know, you'd think that I'm just that I have stock in the hundred things every Batman fan should do and know, but there's just good information in it. Yep. But it says of like uh, an updated Zippa Zippatone, I think. Mm-hmm. is what it was called whereas then that's like an outdated and now it's like screen tone and it is like the opening to issue yeah issue five when batman's about to go um take down scarecrow and the way that like the images at night and stuff in the sky that i think that's definitely what they're talking about there is something that's kind of fun and cool 
especially with the skies of like the inking and the coloring feels very throwback to like the opening page of the laughing fish in strange apparitions. Like it's the smallest thing, but I think that in reading, reading these two back to back, it's like, Oh, this is definitely like the, the evolution of, of coloring a little bit Mm -hmm. of how it was done, how this stands out from, you know, Neil Adams was huge in the seventies. This look definitely stands out as different than Neil Adams. And I think that's one of the traits of the Rogers and Austin team is kind of, you know, doing something this like coloring this way. And I, I do like it. I do think that it works and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't show up all over the place in this story, but I do think that it's, it's present quite a bit. Yeah. Um, That's just a nerdy thing because I'm a nerd and then it does follow. I do love, and we'll bring this up here in a little bit. The, I mean, I love that image of Scarecrow chucking a, a pumpkin at Batman out on the farm, out of a barn at night. I just think that image is so freaking cool. There's lots of cool Scarecrow stuff in here. Like the, I think it's the opening of page, uh, issue four, uh, where it's like Scarecrow huge. Uh, in the background, he's holding a knife, but the knife blade is the title of the issue, which is yeah. thriller. So the blade is just, well, there's lots of cool stuff like that. Like um, mm-hmm. just a few pages before that, uh, there's a huge explosion and the word boom is almost like radiating out of it to show like the force of the explosion and everything. So Rogers was just so creative with how he like incorporated um you know, titles, sound effects, you know, a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff like that into his work. Even subtle things like at the end when they're in the house and yeah. Batman can hear the ticking clock. Mm-hmm. And then you just see a tiny little tick sound effect. Yeah. Like in every panel. But, you know, that kind of ramps up the tension there it and, uh, you know, makes you, uh, you know, as anxious as Batman is going through that house. I do like, and I'm, I'm glad we're now at the house. I do love uh, Joker has a fragile leg lamp yes, in the house. Yes. That's delightful. But I, I do like also he, it makes total sense why he grabs silver. This is right after silver tells, breaks the news to Evan. And then he, Joker grabs her and kidnaps her and says, you know, basically a ransom note of Evan, you got to come and get her. And Silver does slip up a little bit and expecting somebody other than Evan to come and get her. And Joker's smart. And he's like, hmm, why? Why would it not be Evan? Why is this? So Batman's got some kind of connection to you. And then do you remember the follow-up to Prey called uh, Terror? Yes. Doug Mensch, Paul Gulasi, or Gulasi, um, who also both of them worked on Terror. And yeah, it was like a, a decade later in Legends of the Dark Knight, they or they worked on prey a decade later in legends of the dark Knight. they did terror that house Pretty is almost sure like a it. it's a booby trapped house and i think i constantly get that and this mixed up hmm. because they're both old houses both you know uh booby trapped both stories include um scarecrow that it does take me a second I'm like wait which one is which <laughs> one's this dark detective which one uh but it is a booby trapped house um that expertly Movie trapped by a yes. Joker. And I think it's fun. <laughs> as weird as that is, I think it's fun. It's a great ending um, to the story of, you know, it's the big climax and everything. And I think kind of everything in it works. I I will grade 
for what is presented, not what it could have been. I don't need Evan's limbs chopped off. Yeah, no. no, no. Other than that, I do think that this is actually a good. Oh, it's uh, a finale. great, great set piece. And mm-hmm. and again, I mean, very, you know, a lot of the rooms and death traps are, you know, really creative. And then again, even with the uh, illustrating and lettering, like when Batman opens a door and then falls through to like another floor and then the lettering of his, um, uh, you know, a thought balloon is upside down because mm-hmm. he fell upside down. <laughs> um, it's just really creative and just really, really fun until it gets a, a little, you know, gross at one Until point. it's not fun. But yeah, it's really <laughs> clever too. Um, uh, I mean, I love, love, love when Batman actually has to think out of things. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just like, oh, well, the Joker would have known that, you know, I would have known this room would have led to this. So I'm anticipating this, you know, just coming into everything, automatically knowing how to solve every problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I much prefer it when he actually has to use his wits and smarts to get out of it. You know, he almost gets, you know, cut up by some of those flying blades. And uh, like I said, even falls through some trap doors and everything. But even when he comes across a room that he has a handle of, it's still really cleverly, uh, uh, it, it's still really clever how he gets out of it because it's not just like, oh, well, I knew this room would be here. It's just, well, if you said this guy fell through the floor, it's because it's, you know, it's, it's a platform that, you know, spins around. So both sides of the floor are going to fall through if somebody's standing on it. Mm-hmm. So we both need to walk to opposite ends of the room so that neither of us fall through the floor. And that's how he and Evan uh, get across that room, which is, you know, just a really, really fun little scene there, mm-hmm. which sadly Evan doesn't listen to Batman and just stay put. Uh, but that does lead us to the, nice. the finale to, from there. Listen to Batman. Listen to Batman. He knows Always. He, he knows oh. what he's doing. <laughs> I just noticed fun little, fun little detail on, uh, again, 124 in the trade. It's after Batman gets through that, uh, um, Uh, that pivoting floor room Uh, he's walking through there's like a one-way sign that has two arrows going either way Uh, below that uh, there's a panel where there's like a um, like a statue of like a greek goddess like Mm -hmm. athena or something and she has um, you know the the gag glasses with nose and mustache on it Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's just funny just a fun little detail uh and i mean a joker rat we get a joker rat yes That's kind of fun which that, they would have done more with that, that honestly been, i mean that could have been could you imagine so okay well living in chicago there are rats and to see all of those suckers with joker grins Ooh. terrifying <laughs> absolutely terrifying so on that same page though interesting in maybe a little bit of almost like a throwback is the cover to this issue, number six, is like a redrawing of a scene within that issue, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting. And I thought, so this is like a, so that that image, the cover also that represents it definitely made me feel almost as if it was like an old, uh, was it Frank Franzetta, maybe horror cover of uh, of like a, 
you know, one of the EC archives or EC comics covers or yeah, like an old horror cover, an old horror cover is what that, that felt like to me. I wasn't like acting some kind of like pervy anything. It was just like, oh, this really does feel like no a I horror, get... like a horror and he, kind and of he's movie. saying that because silver is in some very lingerie, saucy lingerie, saucy oh, stuff. Yeah. And I figured out where the uh, uh, Two-Face and Scarecrow on the cover of the trade came from. Okay. It's the cover of issue five they just mm-hmm. took batman from that cover uh and took the batman from that one panel swapped i was talking about and swapped them up yeah see here i'll show you see that's the yeah uh, yeah that's the cover right there so uh but yeah i mean i do the cover is you know very i won't necessarily necessarily say fun because joker is threatening to brand a defenseless woman with a j poker um so it's not necessarily fun but yes it has that old school kind of horror vibe absolutely uh, to it yeah um i meant to ask so then i do think it's a little it's a little abrupt in the ending in the sense of batman and just kind of being like evan needs you and she's like what don't sell me off to another man and then it's kind of like bruce gets him out and he's gone yeah it's like it's pretty it's a pretty fast deuces. wrap up yep. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> where's that panel deuces <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's quick not that i don't know you know i'm not a writer i just read this and then what do i think that i don't know what they could have done instead of or how they could have expanded it another page or two or something but i do just i think every time feel like oh yeah that does end really fast yeah it is it, you go from this really you know entertaining um a very elaborate uh final issue going through rooms of like a death trap house mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> yeah it just all burns to the ground and um you know bruce says oh yeah we love each other but he needs you more which i mean in a sense i i can at least uh, applaud Bruce for that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, you know, I want you, he needs you. But again, you know, that's kind of going back to um, how much agency is Silver actually having in this decision. If, you know, Bruce is making it for her or telling her what needs to happen without having her input. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then it just, it just ends, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, plan to, uh, have a follow-up to it that we'll sadly never get. So, uh, you know, the fact that it is just kind of abrupt and this is what we have does make it a little bit of a uh, um, a letdown of an ending just because there really isn't much of one. Yeah, it's very rushed and sped through. Um, i trying to think, I think I've hit on all the points that I really wanted to. Is there anything, before I go into the usual questionnaire at the end, is there anything you want to touch on that we didn't? Uh, let me let me just do a quick, do a quick uh, I mean, like I said, some of the humor was uh, was pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even how the Joker escapes at the beginning. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> yeah, the elevator car is just flying upward, and then you hear see like a loud smush, and then you know ketchup just yeah. uh, seeps through and everything. Um, I do think uh, Batman was a little little uh, cavalier with that it's like okay you know you kind of 
you know, let him maybe die, but I guess it's uh, okay. The Joker is going to escape if he wants to yeah. um, <clears throat> kind of thing. Um, but now I don't really have much else to say about it uh, because I mean, again, it's uh, I mean, it's, it's a good story. It's, mm-hmm. it's a quicker read than strange apparitions. Yeah. Uh, it's not as fulfilling of a read just because, I mean, like I said, this is pretty much one pretty clear a plot with a couple of b and c plots strange apparitions was a bunch of little a plots yeah one issue with a b plot that kind of drove everything in the background um but uh no i mean uh, i uh, like i said I, I wasn't necessarily dreading it but i was thinking this was kind of a okay you know something that we just kind of have to do since we did did one want to do another kind of had to do this one just because it's like um you know not on the same page it's like okay i watched you know batman begins i watched the dark knight uh, i guess i'll watch the dark knight rises too just to kind of finish everything but this is the middle chapter instead don't, don't you slander dark knight rises ryan Hoss. i, I will like, hunt you down in texas <laughs> i like the movie but i can watch batman begins or the dark knight by themselves i usually only watch the dark knight rises after i've watched the other two okay gotcha fair um, enough but no, I mean, it's, it's good. I enjoyed, I, I like the fact that I almost uh, uh, forced myself to reread it in picking it mm-hmm. because uh, I reminded myself that, yeah, this is a, this is a solid worthwhile. Solid read. Yep. Yes. I agree. Uh, let's hop into some Baber rights. Uh, Jay, what was your favorite part of Dark Detective? Uh, part or panel? Part first. Part first. All right. Um, I mean, I really like the uh, uh, the death trap house at the end. Uh, that's just something we need more of. Just a mm-hmm. bunch of goofy, silly death traps. Um, that was really good. Um, I like the imagery in the uh, like the scarecrow vision Bruce gets. Uh, some of it gets a little uh, a little convoluted. Like, okay, is this actually supposed to be Bruce or is this? supposed to be like scarecrow just putting stuff in his head and making him imagine that i don't know um so um that but the imagery was really cool just because uh it was very surreal uh rogers is fantastic at um you know just that kind of bizarre imagery that Mm -hmm. makes you think this i mean there's just something not quite right here and uh giving it that kind of sense of sense of dread and uh um uh unevenness i guess uh because it is in his head and not actually happening so uh, i like those two scenes quite a bit gotcha um i'll go with your first one the death trap house that's my favorite yeah um every time that i read this even though it is kind of spaced out i do I know I have, I end up tricking myself into trying to figure out, wait, which, which trap death trap house is this from terror or dark detective? But I do know that it's my favorite part (laughs) that, that there's no question to, uh, how about a favorite panel? So my favorite panel in the whole thing is Mm -hmm. on, um, page 90 in the trade. So doing math, let's say this is probably an issue four. um, it's after silver tells, Evan about her and Bruce Mm -hmm. and uh, when she's breaking up with him um, very top right panel it's 
very thin, long rectangle, close-up shot of Evan's, like half of Evan's face. And um, just before that, Silver says, Bruce and I will stay out of the limelight. We'll stay in the shadows. No one will know. And then Evan just says, I'll know. Just the, uh, like that one little line there and the darker, like melancholy blue shading of his face adds so much character to someone that we've said, you know, is kind of a, you know, one note character that you just kind of feel bad for. Um, It actually gives him some dimension there uh, because in uh, like another writer's hands, he could have gone off and started arguing, could have started, you know, pleading for her love. But, you know, instead, you know, he is clearly just heartbroken right there. And uh, as much as there's, you know, some awesome Batman content, some, you know, great shots of the villains, I think that's a testament to Marshall Rogers' visual storytelling ability that he can take a secondary character created for this book that was pretty much there just to serve as a catalyst for the stories of other recognized characters. Mm -hmm. And yet he can still make such a powerful moment like that out of one bit of dialogue from Englehart and then just very limited color and just, just a close-up framing of his face that he can draw so much character out of that one panel and um, make you feel for this guy when we know next to nothing about him. So that's that. I mean, when I, when I got to this, while I was reading it the other day, I was like, I think that's my favorite panel in the whole story. That's just because it unexpected. Yeah. And it kind of, (laughs) but it kind of elevates it too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd think it would be, you know, you know, Batman, roughing up some guys in a bar or um you know to you know maybe uh you know showing your hand here but you know scarecrow throwing a pumpkin bomb and maybe yeah yeah i don't know awesome awesome images but just uh um just great storytelling like that is what makes me love comics so the fact that i pick that out of a superhero story shows just how great of a creative team englehart and rogers and austin were no yeah totally unexpected <sighs> i'm torn you uh rethink you your life there well yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah my place in the universe i'm um, thinking and oh, feeling no. things right now oh no how many times in my life that i was evan gregory <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah you kind of showed my hand but also i'm very indecisive i'm stuck because I do love that scarecrow chucking a pumpkin bomb at Batman in that setting. I love that panel. I also really like the panel that was that inspired the cover for issue six of Batman coming in at the right time to save Silver mm-hmm. because it does remind me of old horror um, yeah. painting cover magazines, something like that. So, uh, ah, damn. I would almost. It's like they both, I like both stand out for different reasons too. Uh, one is like badass action. The other one is like a genuine horror. I'm like, gotta save Batman. <laughs> ah! uh, I need a coin. I need to flip a coin. Uh, just, you know, what? I'm going to say the, the Joker, Batman, Silver. Then when I publish this episode, 
I might like post that I've changed my mind. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Back and forth on them. I don't know. That could be that could be your poll for this one. Is, my poll. Which is which is Ryan's favorite image? <laughs> which is my favorite? Yes, <laughs> from this story. Um. <laughs> uh, now, how about would you like to see Dark Detective as an animated adaptation? Not directly, I don't <gasps> think. Well, okay. I mean, just because it's so tied into Strange Apparitions, which has yeah. already had so much adapted into other other animation, animated yeah, series, exactly, <laughs> anime, exactly, exactly. Uh, but I mean, there are definitely elements that I would like to see. I mean, I, I'm sure I said it then. Um, seeing Silver Saint Cloud in something yeah. would be great besides you know batman soul of the dragon which was awesome but she's in it for like two minutes at the beginning exactly. um uh i mean the the idea of the joker running for office you know is amazing and hilarious so there's mm-hmm. i mean lots of stuff that you can mine from that um even uh you know things like the of course the death trap house uh you know need that um and uh, I mean, honestly, it's uh, since we're in that age of uh, continuations of uh, unfinished stories, uh, it would be interesting to see a follow up with or at least have somebody do a take on the uh, Two Face twin clones and kind of incorporate that into some sort of story too, just to see what you can do with that kind of thing. So even though I wouldn't like a shot for shot remake of dark detective i would definitely like to see a lot of elements from it in some sort of animated property for sure yeah Uh, i'm kind of with you because it does it does it's a follow-up to strange apparitions but we we saw elements of strange apparitions in the animated series so it's like do we just need to retread but that joker house would be awesome to see animated the mm-hmm. scarecrow bit would be awesome to see animated. Two Face, I don't, I don't need it. Take it or leave it. Like, eh, I don't know. But the, the a big through line is the Bruce Silver relationship, and what makes it work is the fact that it's like reunited again, as opposed to you can't just take this movie and be like, well, let's act like, you know, this like it's and change that a little bit. I don't know how how well that would work. So I'm also a little bit of like, sure, why not? Um see what direction the caped crusader cartoon goes maybe they'll bring silver in there i mean why not come on (laughs) it would make make sense it would that'd be great i'd really like that um but okay so jay what are your what are your final thoughts on dark detective as we start to inch toward the finish line uh i mean it's a it's a good story it's a good follow-up it's a worthy follow-up to an amazing story yes yes um it's uh i mean it's got some uh some really uh clever writing um a pretty strong plot that does not necessarily fizzles out but um uh remains unfinished i'd say uh but still it's a it's a quick read it's an easy read has some great um uh just some great artwork to it um and uh yeah it's a it's a good bronze age batman comic uh told in the relatively modern day um one that uh, that's uh, that kind of surprised me uh on a revisit and uh made me appreciate it more than i did on the first time so uh yeah definitely read strange apparitions and then read batman dark detective and you'll have yourself a 
you know, a nice full meal of Batman content there. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to follow greatness with greatness. Uh, but that's also okay because I can understand in, in comparison terms. Yes. It's like, Oh, strange apparitions uh, is great. And this isn't as good as that, but it's still a good Batman story. It's yeah. still fun to revisit. I do look forward. It's not an obligation to me to revisit this story, but um, I do enjoy revisiting it. Um, I, you know, it's spaced out between each reread. So I don't remember all of the specifics, but it, I don't know. It does become a little bit of a brisk of a read um, and it's fun. There's funny elements to it. There's uh, good, just like classic comic booky elements to it. And then we also like, I don't know. I'm a sucker for Joker and Scarecrow stories. So, um, and it always usually gets me to read Strange Apparitions again. So that's always a plus. Um, good story. Jay, you know what? This is where I would thank you for coming on, but I'm going to delay that because uh, I've said on here that if anybody wants to send in a question to the show, feel free. <gasps> you know what? Somebody did. All right. So I just, I'd, I'd like to ask a question. Yes. You've got a question? This is Dominic Ianica. Uh, I have to read this part because it makes me giggle. Dear Master of the Batman Library, I have a question hoping you have an answer. Um, what would be the next Batman comic you would adapt to an animated film? Thanks for this incredible podcast. I can't tell you how many comics I have bought since you started up. Cheers, Dominic. Thank you, Dominic, for writing in. I do appreciate that. And I... I'm very good at spending money and I'm very good at helping people spend money. So I'm really glad that you have bought a lot of comics <laughs> and it's my fault. Uh, but because, I mean, this stuck out and I know we're starting to go a little long, but I'm, we just talked about it and it adapted in animation. I'm like, yeah, that's a great question. So Jay, not one, you can only choose one. And I'm not saying like once it could be one issue, one arc, one whole story, whatever. But now, like, this this could be adapted or this. Like, what would be the next Batman comic that you would adapt to an animated film? Batman Dark Detective. Wow. Yeah, what? just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. It is hard for me to just to just choose one. Yeah, there, well. there are things that's like, okay, it's Nightfall is overdue. But then if you do Nightfall, you got to do Night Quest, Night's End, prodigal you know lead that into cataclysm and you know no man's land and all that so you you just kind of snowball from there um i'm trying to think just one really tight batman animated or batman story that should be adapted into animation just a just a good solid standalone movie um that is that is an excellent question i've got it now people would think that my easy answer would be dark victory. Of course I would love it. That's, that's cool. Um, pray. I would almost mm -hmm. say, but I think people, they feel like they've gotten a lot of early Batman lately. Mm -hmm. Batman in his prime. Darker than death. The legends of the dark Knight, Number two Oh seven through two eleven is a story that nobody ever talks about. And it, I talk about, I bring it up a lot. It is a good murder mystery, Batman story, Batman in his prime doing Batman things. Um, it doesn't involve 
the A-list villains or anything, but it is a it's a damn good murder mystery. And that is, as you just said, self-contained. That story you could put in Batman year three, Batman year nine, Batman year 14. Like it's it's just a standalone story that's great. And I think that's something uh, and visually it's very appealing. So that's that's my pick. And that's kind of a weird deep one, but that story is on DC Universe Infinite. And I just keep telling people, Legends of the Dark Knight, number 207 to 211. I mean, sometimes you got to pick those, you know, deep cuts that no one talks about because, you know, that's nobody has expectations for it in a good way. Yeah. You know, you know they're, no, they're not going to think, um, <clears throat> oh, this is how I want this story to be. Mm-hmm. So adapting something like that, you know, that's definitely a great way to go. Um, I thought I had something on the tip of my tongue, but I kind of, I forgot. Cause uh, man, there are a lot of like shorts that I think would be awesome. Yeah. Like the Joker's five-way revenge. That would be awesome as a, like a 30 minute short or even like Batman. I want to say it's four sixty-five. That's Tim Drake's first night on the town as Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that would just be really cool to have, but I'm looking on my shelves back here. See if anything kind of sticks out. Um, you can say dark victory. <laughs> you know what? I think it would be really, really cool to have an animated movie based on and as much as they can do it in the style of Lil Gotham. Oh my gosh, yes. Because, I mean, A, that series was just fantastic. It was Mm -hmm. fantastic. But that would be a Batman movie for every holiday. Yeah. So it's your Batman (laughs) Christmas movie. It's your Batman Halloween movie. It's your Batman Thanksgiving movie. It's your Batman Valentine's Day movie. I watched Batman 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 12 12 times this year. (laughs) Because if it's every holiday. That would be really, really cool if they did something like that. Um, And it would be, you know, amazing all ages Batman content. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with an adaptation of Little Gotham. I love that answer. That's great. Yeah, I would I would love that. And I much like I tell anybody that will listen to read Darker Than Death, I also I I go to whoever I can and say, please look at Lil Gotham. Um yeah, it's I it, think it's on it's also on Infinite. Oh, I'm sure it is because uh I'm pretty it's sure wasn't it like a digital first? Read. So yeah, surely it it's up there. Um but yeah, such even, easy reads too. They're a breeze. And, uh, and I mean Dustin Wynn's like painted, you know, like watercolor work. Um, I'm so trying good. to think. It's like, did you ever see um, the snowman? Um, like it's an animated, I think it's a short. I think it's like 30, 40 minutes long. I think it's based off a book. Um, but it has um very it's I mean, it's about a snowman and a little boy. I think mm-hmm. it's almost completely silent. Um and the animation style is very much in my head what I could imagine uh, something like like Lil Gotham, they could use it to kind of capture that watercolor feel hmm. uh, because it's almost like j- jerky animation in a good yeah. way in that it's not super duper clean, but it gives it its own like character and everything. So I think sure. something like that could work. Yeah. 
I like that. Was, that. That's a great answer. And that was a good question. I think good we question. had two great answers. We did. We did. If I may uh, brag about that. So. <laughs> okay. so yeah, Dominic, thank you for sending in the question. Yes. If anybody else wants to send in a question, maybe, you know, do like one, one a show, not get too, too crazy or something. Feel free to do that. The Batman BC at gmail.com. So now I will say, Jay Oz, thank you for coming back to the show. As expected, this is a delightful conversation. Um, I had a I had a swell time. I hope you did as well. I also had a swell time. <laughs> Very swell. Uh, why don't you frolic go ahead and frolic? <laughs> yes, we love to frolic. Um, Pete questioned last last episode. What you know? What is frolic? Are we really frolicking? I'm like, yeah. What are you doing with your time? Yeah, you know? like we're all frolicking and over this nerd stuff. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and plug away, sir? Whatever you'd like. Uh, I'm on Twitter, you know, I mean, fairly regularly, mostly I just jump to the top of my feed and scroll back a little bit, see if anything interesting happened, but I'm always there to interact. If you like at me, as the kids say, uh, at J A Y A W S, uh, I have my own blog, uh, comic pause, which is, uh, at comic pause, uh, like pause a video game, P A U S E, um, that I've actually started a fun little series, um, uh, that I call random Robin, uh, that I have been going through and, uh, uh, picking a random issue of the Tim Drake Robin series or the notable appearances of Tim Drake long box that I have. That's pretty much good Tim stories that aren't his solo titles. And I've just been reading a random issue uh, from that and then just writing up, you know, a, like a little quick review on it, um, saying if it's my first time to read it, uh, giving some fun facts. Since I'm going through the um, the floppies, I'll talk about like the ads that are in there because those are a blast to look at um, and see stuff from like 1997 uh, that, you know, totally forgot used to saturate media back then, but then it all <laughs> just kind of comes flooding back in like honeycombs yes. commercials and, you know, BMX biking and uh, Mountain Dew, which is still with us. Yes. Um, we'll never go away. Uh, but uh, I'll do, uh, you know, just talk about the ads in there, the letters, uh, the letter columns, if there is one and, you know, fun questions people ask. I'm just having a blast with it because I completed my, you know, Robin collection last year and have been, amassing more notable Tim appearances. And frankly, any comic that has Tim Drake that's out there right now is pretty bad. So um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to do something that, uh, uh, that, that, that still brings me, that would bring me joy with my favorite character and put use to the comics that I have there. Um, so I've been doing that uh, pretty regularly for the past few weeks. And I have until like the end of the year scheduled with there you go with, uh, with those but um score yeah not on any other shows on a regular basis but uh yeah uh pop up here and there i was on the comic binge their uh youtube Woo! stream a couple a couple weeks ago and uh uh yeah I'll, I'll show up where anyone will have me all right there you go follow that man uh batman book club you can follow on twitter and instagram at the batman bc uh, also subscribe to the Batman book club YouTube channel. If you would ever be so kind, I just, I already told you, you can write in the Batman BC at gmail.com. And if you want to support the shows, variety of ways you can do it. Like I said, at the top, patreon.com slash the Batman BC, uh, tpublic.com 
type in TBBC and you can buy some uh, merchandise with the Batman Book Club sprinkled all over it. But if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, it's 100% A-OK. The best, easiest, and most impactful thing you can do to help out this show is to spread the word and rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever, just rate and review the show because the more reviews the show gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So for Jay Yaws, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more panic comics. <laughs>